Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hi everyone, it's me, James, today, uh, and I'm joined by Julia Messner uh, from Sea-Watch. Uh, uh, she's one of the spokespeople for Sea-Watch. Uh, Sea-Watch are an organization that rescues, Mediterra- uh, rescues migrants in the Mediterranean. Uh, Hula, hi, good morning, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for your invitation. Yeah, not good morning for you, I guess. Um, could you start off by explaining to us perhaps what Sea-Watch does and, and why there's a need for it to do that as well? Yeah, of course. So Sea-Watch is a civil sea and search and rescue organization. So we are trying to save people from distress at sea in the Mediterranean Sea. So you can imagine the situation being very cruel at the European external borders right now. So far, more than 2,200 people drowned only this year while trying to flee um, to the European Union. And the cover, the area we cover, people are mostly fleeing from Tunisia and Libya, um, for example, to Italy, but also trying to reach Malta, for example. So what we are trying to do is actually really um, rescuing by with ships. So um, currently we have two ships. One is uh, prepared at the moment for its first operation. And the second one had just had rescue on the weekend and is now currently blocked in Italy. And on the other side, we also have monitoring airplanes um, surveying the area and trying to monitor the human rights situation over the Mediterranean and trying to monitor, firstly, state violence, but also, secondly, trying to give information when the airplanes are finding um, boats in distress then to for people being rescued. Okay. 
So there's a lot there I think that we we should probably break down for people. Um, and the first thing I think is you said that one of your boats is blocked. Uh, now, yes. maybe people won't be familiar with, with the way that certain European countries ha have reacted to uh, the migration coming across the Mediterranean. So can you explain what blocking constitutes? Yeah, so uh, in Europe, um, since like since a few years, in several years, we also see an increase in ultra-right-wing uh, movements and also ultra-right governments. So what is happening now, um, especially in Italy, where we are operating from, is that we have a ultra-right-wing government under mm -hmm. the president, Georgia Meloni, installed. And the government is currently trying to hinder civil sea rescue because um, it's a way to actually hinder and also block migration. So in the beginning of the, of the year, for example, there was a, a decree put in place that really makes it so much harder for us to operate. And at the moment, um, after our rescue on the weekend, we are blocked for 20 days, meaning that we cannot go out and do our usual work in the Mediterranean. But our ship has to stay in port because Italian authorities are claiming that we violated um, the decree, which is actually going against international law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think when you say that they're trying to hinder uh, migration in the Mediterranean, like, like that's quite a, a, a nice way of saying it, I guess, because what this means is that they are making that migration even more dangerous than it already is by not allowing people to be rescued. Right. And as you said, it's, it's already incredibly dangerous. Uh, and the more. Yes, correct. The Mediterranean Sea um, is uh, a graveyard. Um, like, as I said, more than 2,200 people died this year, um, yeah. only crossing and thousands of people died since 2014. Um, like numbers, uh, can be seen like uh, with the IUM, so the International Organization of Migration, for example, mm -hmm. that are monitoring also the, um, situation in the central, central Mediterranean. And what this place or the, this external border actually constitute, constitutes mm -hmm. is a crime scene a crime scene again uh, for crimes against humanity because uh, state states are like purposefully really intentionally um letting people drown mm -hmm. yeah and it yeah it's tragic it, it's really horrible um can you explain a little bit about like the way that i guess just the mechanics of people crossing the vessels they use where they uh like the, the journey if people if people have seen the mediterranean at all uh like depending on where they live obviously they might live on the med but if they don't you know maybe they've seen beaches and, and beach holidays in spain or something and obviously that's that's not all of it so can you explain a little bit about the conditions of the crossing yeah so people are uh, or like people that we rescue mostly are trying to um flee from tunisia as well as uh, Libya. So the situation in Libya, for example, is really horrible. It's very violent. There's a lot of documentation um, of um, uh, torture camps, uh, of rape, of murder, uh, of slave trade. And people um, that comes, come from the sub-Saharan region are, and are trying to flee to the European Union are crossing Libya, for example. Mm -hmm. But also in Tunisia, the situation at the moment is very dire. Is um, It's very... Um, racist uh there's like yes. a racist um um violent campaign started uh, by the tunisian president in the beginning yeah. of the year especially so we see a lot of institutional racism we see a lot of racism and also a lot of violence on the streets so uh, people are really trying to flee from the country 
And people um, are using all means possible, of course, because they have to. There's no easy way to come to Europe. Then people fleeing cannot just take um, a train or an airplane, actually. And then, um, like, trying to uh, reach shores of the European Union over boat is their only means. So they're really forced to do that. And boats that are used are, for example, inflatable boats, but also metal boats. And th these metal boats especially are very, very dangerous because they are only like constructed um, very, really not in uh, in good condition. So they're really easy um, to sink. Um, so mm -hmm. as soon as water comes in, these boats are actually sinking. So people are also mostly not wearing wearing life vests so it's really dangerous the people like the number of people on the boat um is way too high for their capacities so most boats as soon as they go on to sea they, they are actually in distress and they are in need of rescue okay yeah and then let's talk about some of the rescues that sea watch has, has been able to do um because some of them have, have resulted in the really big numbers of people you've been able to save right i think there was one in, in 2017 which was 50 something people is that right uh, yeah, I mean, could very well be 2017. I didn't work with Sea-Watch, so I don't okay. know which rescue you mean uh, exactly. Yeah. But for example, just now on the weekend, we yeah. rescued 72 people actually wow. out of distress um, yeah. at sea with our ship Aurora. Okay, so let's talk about like what that rescue looks like. I guess what happens is maybe they um, the aircraft spots so the ship is in distress. Is that right? And then your ship can respond and go to them. Yeah, for example, there's also another uh, organization. It's called Alarm Phone. They are like a distress hotline where people in distress at sea can call. And they are also giving them the information to all ships uh, in the area and, of course, to authorities. So um, on the weekend, our Aurora actually first supported another civil search and rescue ship from Open Arms with their rescue and then um, was uh, led to, the to this particular distress case also with the help of our um, monitoring flights operations, um, which are called Airborne. And um, the people were then rescued on Friday as said, 72 people. And then um, normally what you have to do is, of course, um, inform the like the competent authorities in the area, so state authorities. And according to international law, then state authorities have to coordinate the rescue. So we, of course, um, communicated, communicated with authorities and authorities only after a while actually um, assigned us to the port of Trapani. So Trapani is uh, in Sicily, on the island of Sicily, and it was much farther away than the nearest port, which was on the island of Lampedusa. So um, you have to imagine, of course, a distress and the rescue cases are very um, um, dangerous situations. And people, of course, need immediate support and need immediate um, transfer to the land where medical help um, can like intensely happen, etc. Because people might be on sea for several days. They might be on in psychological, but as well in physical pain and, and stress. Um, they might have burns from actually uh, fuel and seawater uh, mix, for example, and of course dehydration is a very, very uh, big danger and risk for people on, in distress at sea. So um, after we rescued and after we got assigned the port of Trapani, we made very clear to the authorities that Trapani is way too far and that according to international law, we need to go to Lampedusa 
because it's the most suitable nearest port. Um, but then we got noticed that we uh, are not allowed to go to Lampedusa, actually. And that meant that we were in total forced to stay on sea for 37 hours. Um, and also for those people in distress um, and rescued, they were forced to stay more than 24 hours additionally on sea, like having to really endure those really uh, difficult, this really difficult situation. Um, the next day, Saturday, we were still on sea. Um, the sun like really burned relentlessly by that point, and people mm -hmm. were facing uh, dehydration. One person actually fainted, and it became really increasingly dangerous, the situation on board, um, which is why uh, we communicated communicated more and more with authorities uh, and um, they were then forced after a while to let us enter to Lampedusa because the situation was really dire and people needed to disembark, disembark on land. And yeah, I think that's a really good summation of like some of the, the sort of like hostility you encounter from states. Another thing that Sea-Watch has encountered, at least in the past, is either negligence or like interference by state agencies like at sea. I'm not sure if it was the Navy or the Coast Guard. I think it was maybe the Coast Guard, the Libyan Coast Guard had interfered with a rescue. And um, this may have been before you started, so it's fine. If yeah, but the, the so-called Libyan Coast Guard is an mm. yeah is a uh, an actor uh, that is really violent, violently intercepting people that are trying to reach European shores, and mm -hmm. also violently interfering with rescues of yeah. civil search and rescue ships. So we saw, um, for example. Um, shootings uh, like shootings in the air um yeah. like in the direction of our airplanes but also in direction of other search and uh, search and rescue ships for example we saw intimidations we saw uh, violations of international law and human rights by the so-called libyan coast guard because um what is happening is that the european states the european union is actually supporting this so-called libyan coast guard to intercept people at sea so to really block people from getting to the european union yeah and it seems to be like a, a strategy throughout the european union right it's rather than supporting people as they come, making this journey less dangerous. They're, they're trying everything they could do to keep people in North Africa or, or to stop them coming to Europe at all. Yeah, ab yeah, absolutely. We see this on a very practical um, uh, level in the Mediterranean Sea, but we also see this on a political level. So with externalization policies, with deals with Tunisia, for example, just yeah. recently, there has been a deal between the European Union and uh, Tunisia with um, a lot of money involved to actually um, trying to block migration again and to increase the support for the Tunisian Coast Guard, for example. Um, but we also see a lot of political talks between Italy and Libya. Um, Libya is also now a former colony of Italy, so there's uh, very close ties and uh, ties and a lot of influence. And just um, a couple of days ago, um, there was uh, the transfer of um, two ships um, from Italy to the so-called Libyan Coast Guard. So they're really also um, yeah, supporting um, this very violent, very dangerous actor uh, with technical means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously, like uh, people who listen to all our episodes will be aware like there's increased violence in the Sahel there's now like large scale protests in Syria this week. Like it's not as if the, the the people will there will still be dangerous situations for people to flee. And, and what the EU is doing is making that dangerous journey more dangerous, rather than sort of accepting that it's a thing that happens to humans and, and trying to make it less deadly. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's like it's a very uh, politically induced situation. And we are or like the European Union is supporting human rights crimes, like with the money of the European Union, human rights crimes are actually committed. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we saw um, deportations from Tunisian authorities uh, of people on the move to uh, the, the Tunisian Libyan border, so to the desert, and people were actually left there to die, literally. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Another way that you guys encounter state-level hostility is with these legal actions, right, that, that have been taken against you, against Sea-Watch, against individuals who are part of Sea-Watch and against vessels that Sea-Watch owns. Can you explain yes. some of those? Yeah, so for example, I mean, the most recent one with the blockade of our ship. So mm -hmm. it's blocked, um, like according to state authorities, because we, uh, or they claim we um, violated the Italian decree that I just uh, talked yeah. about. Um, and um, they actually said that we uh, had to request a port uh, in Tunisia and bring people back to Tunisia, which would have been completely against international law because Tunisia cannot be 
considered a safe port or uh, a safe country of origin. So um, now um, we are uh, yeah, in the process of like waiting for the Aurora actually to be deblocked again. Um, but also um, it Italian authorities are, of course, uh, trying to criminalize um, person like persons. For example, in the case of Carola Rakete, who was a captain with us uh, in 2019, and who need, like who had to enter also the port of Lampedusa because of the very very difficult situation on board because the ship was forced to stay several days really on the Mediterranean Sea and the situation became very dire so there was also proceedings against her in person so really people that are trying to show solidarity and support mm -hmm. people on the move to claim their human right um, to claim asylum are criminalized on the basis of uh, um, yeah, accusations that are just completely not true. Carola Rakete, for example, was also, um, like all the charges against her were dismissed. There was no legal ground for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the harassment obviously still hinders your work, right? Even even if the charges are dismissed, like the, the time that the ship can't go out. Yeah, absolutely. And it also um, it's also um, a, a means to, in, like, to, to implement fear no, in people's mm -hmm. minds. Um, because of course it is super scary to be um, to be accused by a state to have uh, actually violated law, and you are facing charges of uh, years in prison. Um, and like only that fear can already uh, do do a lot. But we don't only see this in Italy; we also see this a lot in Greece, uh, for example, um, a country. Uh, which is also really trying to to criminalize humanitarian and political or like yeah humanitarian workers that are standing in solidarity with people on the move. Yeah, um, so people might not be as familiar with the landscape of migration. So maybe you could just explain like where the boats are based because you talked you talked about Greece. And I know that um, that Maltese authorities have also like bought cases against Sea-Watch. Can you explain the, the different landscape, I guess, of where your boats are based and, and where they tend to sort of end up uh, relocating or, or taking people to once they've been rescued? Well, we take people um, who've been who's been who've been rescued um, yeah. a lot to Italy, um, mm -hmm. but, um, but we're also, of course, trying to um, coordinate with Maltese authorities who also mm -hmm. have the legal responsibility to take people in. But Maltese authorities or Malta, the state, is actually really uh, irresponsive. So uh, we really see um, as little engagement of the country as possible. We see a lot of uh, um, hindering of migration. We see very um, special cases with Malta, where Malta Maltese authorities are actually, for example, um, communicating to merchant vessels who are finding or who are in vicinity of distress cases that they should just hand out fuel to the boats or hand out water. So they, yeah. those distress cases, those boats are actually making their way to Italy on their own. So they are out of Maltese responsibility. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just kind of passing the buck along. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so sad and, and uh, how similar so much of this is to the way the US deals with people coming across our land border, which is often yeah, to to say they have they boot them back to Mexico, which again is a violation of international law and it's not a safe place. And, and again, people in the US have been criminalised for providing drinking water to people in the desert, right? Um, and it, even if it doesn't work, it scares people. 
Yeah, and it's like definitely it's not only a European um, kind of situation. It's a situation at borders in general, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because uh, borders are in the end a con- like a construct um, yes. to uh, yeah to safeguard in like per, like I don't know how to say it, like in um, quotation marks yeah um, your uh, apparent space. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and to kind of. Yeah, I don't know, enforce some kind of notion who's who's in, who's out, and who's the other, and who's the same. I wonder, like, one thing that people will be wondering is, obviously, Sea-Watch is a large-scale operation with quite substantial assets. And uh, people may be wondering, like, how is Sea-Watch funded? How do you get, you know, you need experienced captains, you need maybe uh, people who are experienced in, in rescue operations at sea, pilots. So where do all these people come from? Well, like they come, I mean, also from the general public, we have mm-hmm. so many volunteers that are working with us really also. Um, we have uh, people that are um, writing us and uh, trying like trying to support. And of course, like everybody can, like, or anyone can have a look at the website. We have uh, job offers on the website usually as well. And like, if you want to support really um, have a look and also try to reach out uh, in case of any questions. And like Sea-Watch and also um other civil sea rescue organizations are really sustaining themselves and are financed by donations. So we are solely financed by donations and we are really like trying to keep the, the work up as much as, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, we have lots of different opportunities as well to support not only uh, by working with us, but also in spreading our message on social media. So that's maybe the easiest for everyone who uh, has social media accounts. Just like search Sea-Watch and you'll probably find our accounts on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, but also on TikTok, for example. Um, like inform yourself, educate yourself and share the message. Talk to your families uh, while having dinner. Um, talk to your friends and also support really... Um, um, self-organized groups of people on the move. So, for example, you can inform yourself by um, finding refugees in Libya, the group, or refugees in Tunisia on Twitter. Uh, yeah. And they are actually talking about their situation in the country, um, but also uh, like like on, on, on migration routes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, like, talking about refugees in Tunisia and Libya has sort of reminded me... Um, Recently, we discussed uh, on an episode like the the presence of the Wagner Group in in Africa, right? Specifically, they've been in Libya before. They are now in the Sahel and Central African Republic in different places, and, and how people have reacted very differently to the presence of the Wagner Group in Ukraine to the presence of the Wagner Group in Africa. And I wonder, mm-hmm. like, and this isn't to say that people. I don't want to be construed as saying that people shouldn't have solidarity with people fleeing conflict in Ukraine because they should, and those people mm-hmm. have every right to a safe place too. But has there been a change in in the tone or the, the sort of just the material support for you guys since the conflict uh, in Ukraine grew broader, like grew out of, of the Donbass and Crimea into the full scale invasion? I mean, we see like we are in a situation of like multiple crises now. Yes. Of course, we saw the invasion of Russia in, into Ukraine, but we're also we're facing climate change. We're facing uh, dire economical situations, yeah. etc. So uh, also our donations went down um in the mm-hmm. in the past year definitely but we are still also uh are so lucky to have like a very strong solid like solidary basis uh, of people yeah. supporting us so i think it's uh like it's kind of both a little bit yeah i always think like with respect to the solidarity um 
I've never really seen like every time. So the, the, there's a, a larger scale crisis at the southern border of the United States, right? Like a, um, recently, the United States government, very similarly to what you were describing, was keeping people in the open desert um, and, and leaving mm-hmm. them there for days without food or water. Uh, and hundreds of people mobilized to help them, people who you might not expect to be particularly radical in their politics or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in sort of direct action people. But they were great and everyone helped. And as a result, no one died. Uh, one mm. young woman died in Texas in, in CBP custody, and, and like I always think, if people could see it, then, then they, like you were saying, if they can see your videos, people, there's a very human response to never want that to happen to another human being. It's just hard when there's there's so much going on. Yeah, and also it's I I think it's completely understandable that we like not every person can concern themselves with all the topics, all the uh, yeah. all the crisis situations we're facing right now, and like no one expects that of us, but we can expect of states because it's their duty um, that like they are taking care of people actually, and they are really uh, trying to set the base for everyone to uh, like to claim their human right. And it's states themselves that actually like wrote down those human rights because of a certain situation. So, I mean, especially in Europe, we really have like, we're just considering our history is just considering the history of Germany. We just like, it's, it's, blatant ignorance and also completely against any historical evidence against any historical work we've done uh what the situation now is and what we're actually doing at the external borders like committing human rights crimes and like ignoring the situation and actually like increasing the dangers for people on the move uh day on daily basis um yeah. and i think I mean, it's not only, I mean, you also mentioned this before, no, like it's also a situation you're facing in the US and we really have to like build strong um, transnational movements and strong transnational ties to like work against uh, state violence, border violence in general. Yeah, I think that that's an excellent point that like this is part of a broader kind of state violence that, that everyone should be opposed to. Like it, it hurts everyone in the end. And yeah, as both of us being European people, we've seen that. Like very obviously, but we, I don't know, government seem to have forgotten. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indul- your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. One thing that you mentioned that I wanted to talk about before we finish was climate change. Because you, you said, you know, we obviously, like the, it, it's very hard for someone living in Europe or North America this year to, to pretend that climate change isn't happening, like with soaring temperatures, hurricane in California, wildfires everywhere. Um, can you explain a little bit? Because I think one thing that people fail to connect is, and maybe and that's largely due to bad not bad reporting, perhaps, but like it doesn't get mentioned in reporting. When we talk about migration, we don't talk about climate change. When we talk about climate change, we talk about migration. But the two go hand in hand, right? Like the people, certainly many of the people that I see at our southern border are coming from areas most affected by climate change. And is that something that Sea Watch sees too? Like as, as parts of the world that are more marginal for people to, to live in get even harder to live in? Are those people coming, you know, being forced to leave, I guess? Let's look at uh, science now and about uh, at research and um, like millions and millions of people more will be forced to flee because of climate change in the next in the next years. We can't deny that fact, and we as European states and European societies are a big part of why um, this is actually happening and why climate change is increasing in the in the speed. Um, that it is increasing right now. So we have a huge responsibility uh, to take care and like to support people actually on the move. And I mean, as Sea-Watch, we don't make any difference as of why people are fleeing. People are in distress at sea. People are uh, being rescued. Uh, That's it. That's the only um, like responsible, like that's the only perspective we have supporting people that are in distress at sea, because uh, if you are calling an ambulance, they also don't ask, oh, hey, why are you actually calling the ambulance? Uh, Like, did you, yeah, why are you in this this situation? The ambulance is just coming. And this is, this should also be always the case uh, in the Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or anywhere else people are at sea. So I wonder, like, the last couple of things I wanted to ask you are more broad, but you spoke earlier about um, the rise of right-wing governments and movements in Europe. And um, when we, like, obviously talk about the history of the right-wing in Europe, um, we think about fascism. And uh, I know people who listen to this podcast will be very invested in, like, their their history and and current struggle of anti-fascism. And would you say it it would be fair to cast what Sea-Watch is doing within the broader spectrum of, of opposing fascism or opposing, I guess, of nationalist state violence, right-wing state violence? 
Absolutely. We are um, part of an anti-fascist movement. We are anti-fascists by core. So um, we definitely define ourselves as anti-fascist activists. Yeah, nice. Um, and I wonder, last thing, that people want to show the solidarity. You you mentioned some ways. Um, is there anything in particular? Like, I know people have contacted me about volunteering for Sea Wish before, and I've directed them to your website. But um, when we do have a lot of listeners in in Europe, and uh, are there particular things that you're looking for in, in volunteers? Obviously, anyone can donate, and they should if they have money. But uh, what are you? Is there certain qualifications you desperately need, or? So, I mean, we are, of course, always looking for people that are supporting our operations, um, in, um, especially on sea, but also with our airplanes, of course. So um, if you have uh, captain's qualifications or um, other um, qualifications that allow you to go to sea uh, and sail, or engineering qualifications, for example, or medical um, qualifications as well. We're always looking for nurses, for doctors uh, supporting on the ships. Then please uh, just like have a look at the website and reach out. We have a specific form as well where you can just also um, sign in for interest, basically. And then our crewing department takes care and sees uh, like who and like when uh, it's actually fitting. Okay, yeah, that's great. Hopefully some people can reach out. And before we finish up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with people that you think we haven't got to? Um, I think we didn't talk about Frontex, for example. Or oh, yeah, let's Frontex. do it. Let's, yeah, explain Frontex yeah. to people. Yeah, so Frontex is uh, the European Border um, 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 Protection Agency, um, yeah. so-called, actually, uh, or Coast Guard and uh, Border Agency. And Frontex is, uh, surve- is also surveying um, and working on the Mediterranean Sea and um, co- like um, responsible for, um, for um, border protection uh, specifically in general, or it a- actually has a double mandate. So border protection on the one side, but also uh, Coast Guard duties, Europeans on the other side. What we criticize is, of course, that Frontex um, does so-called border protection and does not actually support people on the move and people in distress. So this double um, mandate does not work at all. We see a lot of non-coordination, a lot of a lot of non-information, and also a lot of violence of Frontex. So, for example, uh, Frontex. Um, oh, there was a report from Human Rights Watch, for example, um, that Frontex is uh, um, um, complicit in in pullbacks by the so-called Libyan Coast Guard because there is actually communication between Frontex and the so-called Libyan Coast Guard. Um, and the so-called Libyan Coast Guard, Coast Guard can then detect boats in distress, their location with this information by, provided by Frontex and bring people or force people back to Libya, for example. So Frontex is really an actor that uh, we criticize hugely and that we actually um, um, working towards their abolishment. Um, because um, how the organization or the institution is working right now um, does not have anything to do with uh, with legal rights of people. Yeah, and people will be, we spoke uh, with uh, Ruth Kinner, who, who's a professor at Loughborough, about um, lifeboats in the UK, because the UK has a notionally, dis- uh, it has a very real distinction between like rescuing people at sea and doing border enforcement, and, and those two are different things. Um, yes, and, and, very different. Uh, yeah, if people uh, like, it, it's also in in Kropotkin's book Mutual Aid. He talks about the value of like lifeboats and volunteer organisations such as your own. Mm-hmm. That um, like it's very foundational to people talk a lot about mutual aid, but this is like one of the 
I guess, like foundational examples of it. Um, so like, can you explain what a better system, and obviously I'm not asking you to like solve all the world's problems, but like, uh, what would, what would it, uh, we can make relatively few changes, I guess, and make this so much more humane and not have someone's little children drown in the Mediterranean. So that, I don't know, people don't have to live next to someone who speaks a different language from them or whatever people's fears are of migrants. Um, can you explain what that would look like? I mean, we need freedom of movement. Uh, that's for sure. Like, and this is also one of our basic demands. We need um, freedom of movement for everyone. We need people to uh, have legal and safe pathways to Europe, so safe passage. Uh, we need a system that in accordance to the needs and the wants of people, people are actually also uh, redistributed over the European Union um, and like can join their family members, for example, or their friends, their support systems um, while uh, trying to flee uh, violence, while trying to flee from places where they ca cannot live in the end. Uh, so this is really like what we are focusing on in the end uh, to have people um, coming to Europe through safe yeah. passages um so and this is really what needs to be established and of course in this current situation as a first step we need a european um coordinated search and rescue program with the only mandate to rescue boats in distress to rescue people in distress to actually make sure that the situation the death trap that the mediterranean sea is actually constituting at the moment stops like this situation has to stop immediately yeah, and it could start very quickly, right? Like the, the level of resources that states have available to deploy, it, it, they could make this go away uh, very quickly. Yeah, and they they could if uh, if they wouldn't be uh, actually focused on externalization and blocking people to come. Yeah, and uh, I think like I don't know when you think about the, the fact that that's a conscious choice and the results of that, it's very very sad. Um, and it, yeah. I mean, in, in the UK, we seem to just talk about it openly now. Like, like they have whole campaigns about stopping small boats. Uh, but mm. yeah, I think people need to realize that they're like, it's not boats that they're stopping; it's little children that they're consigning to to risking their lives. Uh, yeah, it's children, it's women, it's men, mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah. non-binary persons, it's everyone yeah. um, who wants to reach safety and everyone deserves to be rescued everyone deserves to be to live no questions mm -hmm. asked yeah no i think that's a wonderful place to end actually because i think it's a no, hard statement to disagree with uh can you what are your twitter handles where can people find and, and follow sea watch sea watch crew okay and that's all over that's your url as well um yeah so website. um let me have a, a look so i'm not saying saying yeah. anything um, <laughs> wrong but see watch right. crew so at see watch crew all yeah. Um, together yeah. and us in small is actually our german account and our international account is at see watch um underline int i n t l for international okay. yeah and then we also have an italian account for all italian speakers okay perfect yeah we'll make sure that we link to those two and Thank you very much for your time, uh, this, this afternoon your time, morning my time. Thank you so much for the request and for talking to us. Yeah, of course. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. 
It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.